you came to do. But this is my time to praise the Lord. I came to clap my hands, hallelujah. I came to shout for joy. I came to give the only God that I know, the only wise God, my Savior, praise in his house today. Please stand with us this morning as we sing Sabbath rest. We set our work aside and we leave our cares behind. On this day, Sabbath, everybody. Come on, we could do better than that. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Are you glad to be in God's house one more time? Just, just, just one more time. Amen. We're so blessed not to be here on this beautiful Sabbath day, where we give God praise, honor, and glory for being an amazing God. Is He amazing? Can we just take a moment and just put our hands together and worship and magnify an amazing God, a God that see us as ourselves and still love us? Amen. God is so good, and we are so thankful and honored to be able to come in this space and worship him. You may be seated in the presence of our amazing and loving God. Again, good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. We want to welcome you to Tabernacle of Praise, where we just here, just love praising the name of the Lord. Um, again, we want to welcome all of our online visitors. We have a host of visitors and guests, family, and friends that view our service all over the place. Amen. And so we're just so thankful and so excited that we're able to um, come to this platform and to be able to share just how much God means to us. That's basically what we do here. 
Amen. We just, just share our testimony through song, um, through fellowship. We share our testimony through the word of God. Amen. Um, we just love sharing our testimony um, about how good God is to us. And so we want to say thank you to our online guests, family, and friends from viewing with us and just hanging in here with us during these difficult times. We also want to take this moment to welcome all of you who are visiting with us in the house, in the physical space. Amen. Um, so we want to praise God for you. Um, we want to ask, if you're here visiting with us for the first time, could you just raise your hand? Could you just, could you just, amen, amen. Praise God for you. Um, so we praise God for uh, uh, Gary Jones. We praise God for um, Sister Elise, amen, or Alice, should I say, um, all the way from Beacon Light, amen. Can you just raise your hand from Beacon Light? Praise God for you. Um, Sister Rhodes is here with us. We praise God for you. Amen. God is so good. And Brother Corey, we praise God for you. Amen. God is so good from West Missionary Baptist. Amen. God is so good. We praise God for you, my brother, for coming and spending this time with us together I mean, on this here beautiful Sabbath day. We're just so excited here in the space. We're about to close out another month. The month of March. This time is moving. Amen. But if I can just bag up for a moment, amen, and just praise God for uh, Sister Shonda for being here with us, amen. Um, we praise God for you. Uh, powerful testimony, amen. She has a very powerful testimony, but we praise God for you for visiting and spending time with us. This is not your first time, so you're family now, amen. 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 Come on now, can we put our hands together for our new sister, our new family? <laughs> Amen. God is so good and he is so amazing. Just want to care, share just a couple of announcements. We are entering to yet are uh, ending another month as we're about to go into um, April, March, April, May. You know, sometimes you got to do that, you know, January, February, March. <laughs> Anybody other than me that have to do that? Sometimes you have to, you have to start from ground zero. Amen. You, you, you ain't that? Uh, well, some of us in here have to go back to January and count. For, amen. Praise God. Us in here. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> but as we close our march, we do want to recognize all of our march babies. So if you're celebrating a birthday this week, amen. Anybody celebrating? Right here today. 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 Kennedy's was Thursday. Yeah, we celebrated with Kennedy on Thursday. Had a wonderful time. Um, I'm not going to ask you how. Um, 53 trips around the circle, just around the sun. Amen. Amen. 53 looking 25. Come on, somebody. Amen. Well, we praise God for you on this. Today's your day. Amen. Well, we want to we have another Sabbath. We had about, in this year alone, I think we had about four or five Sabbath birthdays. Amen. And so we want to just put our hands together for um, sister, my, my sister. Amen. Amen. We praise God for Sister Rose. Amen. For um, celebrating another birthday. Can we just sing happy birthday? Can we just happy birthday to you. And Kennedy. Happy birthday to you. And everybody else. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Amen. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Kennedy, can you raise your hand? Kennedy, can you do Amen another birthday queen in the house today so we celebrate all of our birthdays two queens birthday queens amen any any anniversaries we do want to 
recognize all of our anniversaries. Someone has a milestone. Amen. We praise God for you. God is so good. A couple of more, and I'm going to get out of your way. For those that are aware that on last week, Sabbath, Saturday night, we had our town hall meeting where we voted to um, suspend our school here in St. Louis. So we want to keep our school in prayer. If any of you would like to know more about that or the recommendation, please see me. I have a, um, information that I can put in your hands um, so you can read at your leisure. Also, we want to encourage each and every one of us um, as we move forward to just remember our church family. Um, there's so much going on in the land. Um, there's so much hurt and pain. Amen. Um, remember the um, the um, Carson family over at Agape, we funeralized their daughter on yesterday, 16 years of age, amen. And so we want to remember them in um, prayer. Also, we have a family, a friend of ours all the way in, I believe it was a Jackson um, that had the tornado, amen, lost, a, lost pretty much everything. Um, and so we want to keep them in prayer. This is definitely a very difficult times that we're in. So as we move forward, we know that God is a very present help in a time of storm. We thank God for each and every one. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, you are truly an amazing God. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Um, remember our families. Remember our friends. Oh, God, we thank you for our guests that have come and spent this time with us. Um, we know that you have a very special blessing in store. So as we move forward by faith, we ask you to continue to lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
carry our petitions before the Lord and lay them at his feet and knowing that the one that we are carrying them to and the feet that we're laying them at is also able to deliver he's able to cleanse he's able to make the crooked road straight and so we're so blessed and honored to know the king the master it's a blessing and honor to know the one that is able to do all things but fail and so as we gather our hearts, we do encourage you to um, come close to the altar for those that choose to come close. And as we come close, we want to lift up in prayer all of those that are bereaved, all of those that are battling with health challenges, sick and shut in. Um, we want to remember Sister Elaine in prayer. We want to remember and cover her. We want to remember Sister Alexandra in prayer. Um, we want to continue to ask God's blessings upon her life. We also want to remember um, the families uh, in Denver that was stricken by the violent shooting on just this week. Um, we ask God's covering over those families and those students who yet another school shooting um, it, that took place. We also want to remember the Harris family. We want to ask God's covering over them and all of our family and friends um, that are in need of prayer. So if you so choose to come close, we invite you to come to the altar. It is prayer time. And for those of you who remain in your seats, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we go to God's throne in prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen us. We understand and know, Father God, that our waking up this morning had nothing to do with us, but had everything to do with who you are. We thank you, Father, for covering us over the night. We thank you for keeping us clothed in our right minds. We thank you, Father God, for just being that, that very present help in a time of storm. Um, we look back over our lives, God, and there are countless times of you showing up and showing out. And so we're just so thankful this morning to be able to recognize that it was you. No, it was not some happenstance. No, it wasn't some freak accident. No, it was the hand of God 
that moved mightily over our situation, that moved mightily over our circumstances. Father, the truth be told, we shouldn't be here today, oh God. The enemy had a plan to take us out, Father, but you debunked that plan. You said no, oh Father, and so we want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us, and thank you for keeping us in the midst of a crazy and mixed up world, Father. So as we come again, oh God, we dare not come without asking you for forgiveness of our sins, oh God. Asking that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, oh God, and, and allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily through our lives and through our situation. Father, we ask that you remember our family and friends, those that had a desire to be here, oh God, but was unable to. We ask you, Father, to do this because if you don't do it oh God it cannot shall not and will not get done you are the one that is, make, that, that is able to make it happen you are the one oh God and beside you there is no other and so we're so blessed today oh God to be able to recognize the fact that it is you oh Father that it was you oh God that done all those things and still doing those things so have your way today oh God we give you permission to stop by here this morning we give you permission oh God to throw your way to Around. shake us up in the name of Jesus and let us not leave here the same way we came oh God you're mighty you're able to do it oh God so we give you permission now we give you okay we give you the access to our hearts and to our minds oh God to take up residence this day father without you we can do nothing but with you we can do all things so do what you do oh God and create in all of us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us that wherever we go oh God God, whatever it is that we do, oh God, that your name will be glorified. So, Father, do it in the name of Jesus. Let your Shekinah fall afresh on us today, oh God, and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Oh God, remember our sick and shutting this morning. We pray for Sister Elaine this morning, oh God. We ask that you will stop by her bed of affliction in the name of Jesus and let her know that you have her in the palm of your hand. God, we ask that you will remember the Carson family this morning. Uh, we laid to rest, oh God, Jalen, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, 16 years of age, oh God. Uh, we ask that you will be with the family right now, oh God. Uh, while they're trying to make sense of it all, oh God. Uh, while they're trying to figure it out, oh God. Uh, we believe that we serve a God that has already worked it out, oh God. Uh, so do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, oh God, do it right now, oh God. Uh, let your presence be made known in that family's life, oh God. Uh, we ask that you would do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, let your presence be made known today, oh God. Uh, we ask that you would remember the Harris family this morning, oh God. Uh, we ask that you would go with them where they are right now, oh God. Uh, and let them know that you see them in the name of Jesus. Uh, that you have it already worked out, oh God. Uh, Lord Father, we believe in the power of prayer. Uh, and we believe of the anointing of the living God. Uh, so do what you do, oh God. Uh, have your way this morning, Jesus. Uh, that when we leave this place, oh God. Uh, we will not leave it the same way we came up, but we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God and we will be ever so mindful again oh God, to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. So Father, be with our family guests and our friends that have made a conscious decision to come by here today, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, oh God, that you would do something special right now, oh God. Let them know, oh God, that you have them, whatever is alien 
troubling them, oh God. Whatever their affliction is, oh God. Whatever was troubling their mind right now, oh God. That you would do it in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for our online family, guests and friends. We ask that you would touch them where they are, oh God. For we believe in the power of prayer. The power doesn't just reside in this building. The prayers just not bounce off the wall, oh God. But we believe in the power of prayer. Power that goes through the airwaves. Power that is able to break through the airwaves. Power that is able to travel long distance. Power that is able to make the crooked road straight. Power in the name of Jesus. So Father, do what you do today, oh God. Let us not leave this place the same way we came. So send your anointing this morning. Send your presence this morning. In the name of Jesus. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Because you're so good to us. Thank just seen uh, and unseen how you cover us, uh, keeping us in the midst uh, of a crazy and mixed up world. Uh, so we say bless you this morning, God. We honor you this morning, God. So much is happening in our world. Lives are being transformed and not for the good. Families are being destroyed, oh God. Children are having identity crisis, oh God. And in this society, we promote foolishness. So God, we need you to do what you do. Stop by our hearts and our minds. That when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came. But we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen. And amen again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Do you feel the Holy Spirit in this place yes. today? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This morning, uh, in the absence of Lakita and um, Lee, they're at home sick. So keep them in your prayers as well. We're going to see a video at this time for Stewardship Moment. It's only three minutes. So choir, just stay right here. You may have seldom heard a sermon seldom about, heard a sermon about covetousness. Many are unaware that the prohibition against coveting is the subject of one of the Ten Commandments of God's law. Because it starts in the heart, covetousness often goes unnoticed until its results become visible through the violation of other commandments. The Bible lists covetousness with other sins that will keep one out of God's kingdom. Paul says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, 
nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Covetousness, which was present at the origin of sin in the universe, can be defined as an unreasonable desire for tangible or intangible things that don't belong to you. It was out of covetousness that Lucifer aspired to exalt himself above the stars of God, longing for homage due alone to the Creator. Paul twice equates covetousness with adultery because it leads its possessors to dedicate their lives to something other than God, to what was created rather than the Creator. Achan coveted silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron that should be brought to God's treasury as a first fruit offering. After robbing God of what belonged to him, Israel was defeated and Achan lost his life. Judas also lost his life after fantasizing about how he could enjoy the money that he thought Mary wasted on the Lord. What seems like a small thing, a simple heart's desire, can lead to calamity and eternal loss. After promising to sell their land and give 100% of the proceeds, Ananias and Sapphira coveted the money and regretted their promise. They also died because they lied to the Holy Spirit, pretending to give all but delivering a different percentage. But there is encouragement in God's word for those who want to overcome covetousness. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Four actions can make us overcomers of covetousness. Pray daily and ask, deliver us from evil. Fill the soul through the daily study of the Bible. Your word I have hidden in my heart says David, that I might not sin against you. Choose daily to serve God and depend on Him. Exercise that dependency through regular and systematic giving. Ask God for a change of mindset about material things, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. As we express contentment and gratitude through regular and systematic giving, let us study the Bible daily and learn more about how to beware of covetousness.
order for this church to make that goal, we need 40 committed people to, to commit to tithe at least, and I say at least, $354 a month. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you might be tempted to lie this morning. I'm asking that you will go inside your heart and be real and true to God. This isn't about Tabernacle of Praise or Central States Conference. This is about our soul salvation. And we sit and we worry and we complain. But we've got a job to do. I come to bring encourage this morning. Encouragement. Yes. Because God is able. Oh, yes, God is, is able to do anything yes. that we ask of him. But we have to come in faith this morning. I'm asking you to go home this week. Go home tonight. Go home today. And pray and ask God. This is the encouragement. This is the encouragement. To encourage you to do the right thing to encourage you to make a sacrifice. It's not going to happen by wishful thinking and looking around and worrying about what someone else has done. This thing is personal. We've got 40 grown people in this house today. The goal needs to be exceeded. And I believe through the grace of God that I'm going to make an additional sacrifice. And I don't have to lie about it because I believe that God is going to make a way in my house and in my finances. And you need to believe the same thing. Do I have anybody in here that understands that this thing, this is God's business and the message must go out and it will go out. We're going to ask the deacons to come at this time to receive the offering. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God called me. God called me to be a witness. God called me to make a sacrifice. Dear God, we thank you this morning for what's going to happen right now, starting today and moving forward. Lord, this is encouragement to me. I'm encouraged to know that you are the faithful God. And I believe in your promise when you said that we would have so much, Lord, that we wouldn't have any room enough to receive it. So, God, we thank you for those that are making a decision in their heart right now. Those that will make a decision on tomorrow or even next week or even next month, God. We thank you in advance for being our ruler, our redeemer, and our savior that has given us a road map. Lord, help us not to covet those things that belong to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say amen. 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 amen.
visitors that came into God's house and we are glad that you're here. Wave your hand right in this section right here. Who is it? That's family. All right, family. Y'all done grew up on me. I see you now. I know who you are now. Praise God. Oh 
Is he great? Is he great? Is he great? Oh, come on now. Is he great? Is he, is he great? Or is he just okay? Is he okay? Or is he great? <laughs> He's great. He's great. Can we, can we go above great? What's above great? Amazing. Awesome. Matchless. None like him. None beside him. Who can you compare to him? He's in a class all by himself. Amen. He's God all by himself. Oh, my goodness. How great thou art. God we serve. It's the God we worship, the God we magnify. You kind of looking at us like we done lost our food crazy. It's because God is good like that. Amen. God is good like that. Come on, somebody. He is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And I praise God for being that God, with all the power that he have, I say this before, I say it all the time, that with all the power that God has, he could, he could be something other than loving. And you can't beat him, you can't, you can't box with him, your arm's too short. Amen. But God chooses, I have a little reverb, if we can take some of the reverb out. Um, God is, is in a class all by himself. And I'm so thankful that God has loved us instead of chastised us or beat us down when we do stuff wrong, or kick us to the curve, put us on blast. Amen. But he chose to figure out ways to redeem us and to, and to help us to be better, to help us to be more loving and to be more kind one to another. So I'm so thankful that that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. You know, every now and again, I say I serve because, you know, I get selfish sometimes. I know that's a bad thing. I know don't beat the preacher, the preacher being selfish again. But every now and again, I get a little selfish and I say, my God, because I'm making it about me now. But in this case, I say our God, because I believe that we're here on the same page, that we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The matchless one, the one that can do all things but fail. 
Um, that's who we worship. That's who, and I know and I get it. I understand that there are times that we are faced with situations and circumstances that seems to cause us to question, you know, is God real or does he really care about me? And, you know, we have those questions, but the reality is God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if he loved you yesterday, he's going to love you today. Don't let your situation or your circumstances dictate whether or not God loves you. That's not how you gauge whether or not God loves you. Look to the cross. That'll tell the whole story, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The cross is going to reveal everything to you. Not only that, but just hang out around the cross and just hang out there a little bit longer until early Sunday morning. That's when your story really is going to get told because he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. And we had nothing to do with that. But he did it because he loved us with an everlasting love. I praise God for each and every one of you um, being here today. Um, you know, I've been praying over, over what has happened these last few. For some know, some may not know. Um, but, you know, Tabernacle of Praise has been placed in a district with Lighthouse. And so, um, you know, there is double duty Amen. But I ask that you will keep us in prayer um, that God's will be done um, and that God. Yes, right. God is still in control and that um, it is so easy for us to get um, personal with this thing. And um, it is so easy for us to, you know, feel some kind of way. But at the end of the day, um, we want to trust God when we can't. What everybody tracing? And believe him when believing is unbearable. And hold on. Even if you got to holler. <laughs> because God is who he is. And we look to him. That's where we get our cue from. Amen. That's who we get our instructions from. God. And so um, just keep us in prayer as we move through that space. Um, if you have your Bibles with you. Let me ask. How many of you are armed and dangerous this morning? Anybody armed in there? Okay, let me, I, would, I left my phone out there since I raised my phone up. Some of us have our phones, amen. Raise them up, tablets, iPhone, smartphone, um, not so smartphone, amen. Um, if, you have, if you are armed and dangerous, if you can stand with me as we turn in our scripture to the book of Genesis, and I'll be reading this, or we'll be reading. There's just a couple of verses found in the book of Genesis, chapter 8. Um, Genesis chapter 8, you see it there on your screen, and we'll read this here together, amen. Whenever we have these, you know, two verses, I believe it is just good if we can all read them together. Genesis chapter 8, let's start with verse 20. Let's start with verse 20. Let me get to 8 first, amen. I was in Exodus chapter 8. Um, I may be waiting on someone else, amen. There we go, Genesis Chapter 8, let's go with verse 20 and 21, and we'll read them together. Then the Bible says, Then Noah built an ark unto the Lord, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled something, some soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing 
as I have done. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word as we will discover or look at the topic, God smelled something. God smelled something. Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Into your hands I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God smelled something as I was reading this text here. Um, God smelled something. Um, it's a, it, it takes us through the book of Genesis. So if I can just start there um, as we walk through this here story of Noah um, and the ark. Now, we're not going to go deep into it because many of you already know the story. But in Genesis 6, God saw that the world was corrupt because of the wickedness of man. And so God looked out the earth, he looked out, and he saw that, that man was so messed up. God decided then to destroy the earth with a flood. He decided to cause rain to come down, waters to come up, to where everywhere you looked out on planet earth, there was nothing but water. Uh, 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 before the flood came, Noah found favor with God. Somebody say favor with God. Yeah, God looked out, and although he saw how messed up this world was, he saw at least one person that he found favor with. Uh, he found favor with Noah uh, because he was a righteous man. Uh, Noah was a man of faith. Noah was a man that, 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 that lived according to the precepts of God. And so God made a conscious decision to spare good old Noah. Noah's family and Noah selected of animals at a large boat called the ark. And so God said, no, I need you to build this boat. Now, keep in mind that there has never been a boat built before. Uh, it has never rained before. So when God said Noah built a boat, you can imagine what the people must have been thinking. Uh, uh, what's a boat, Noah? Uh, 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 what, what is this rain you're talking about? It has never rained before. Uh, I was thinking this morning, it's about like trying to convey to someone back in 1922 the internet. I'll let y'all marinate on that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like 1922, you're talking, inter what's, what's the internet? What's in boat, Noah? So Noah took his instructions and his cues from God. Now keep in mind that Noah was moving in a space where Noah has never built a boat before. Noah has never seen a boat before, but yet God saw Noah as the man to accomplish the task. And so God found favor in good old Noah. And so after the flood, the waters receded. Of course, the waters came from beneath. The water came from above. The water came from every. There was no escaping the flood unless you were in the boat. And so after the flood, the waters receded. Noah and all who were on the ark departed into what we call the new world. While many people are aware that Noah built an ark, not many people know that Noah also built an altar. 
Which brings us to our text today uh, of Noah builds this first recorder of Noah building an altar right here in the book of Genesis. Noah's first recorded act after leaving the ark was to build an altar unto the Lord. This altar we say are called an altar of worship. He builds an altar to the Lord and offers, here it is, animal sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, I love it because we have to understand that when Noah, when God gave Noah instructions to take animals into the boat, it wasn't just too clean, but he also gave a command to take seven clean of particular animals, which lets me know that God foresaw what Noah would do. And so scripture refers to the building and altar to God. It talks about this here in the book of Genesis. Stay with me now as we move through because we understand that as Noah builds this altar unto the Lord, that Noah act here corresponds with the most common form of offering unto God. Which Israel would later practice down the road. But Noah here, Noah, Noah, and, and you know, and it's a blessing because um, I, as, as, as I look at the, at, the, at the life of Noah and I look at Noah's response, that, 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 that there are some correlations that line up as we look at history of Israel, even unto the people of God today. One of the things that God is desiring of his people. So remember, Noah was this man that God chose. That God had found favor in this man called Noah. This first act of worship to God reveals that Noah will continue to be faithful to God even after the flood. Noah steps out the boat and the first thing Noah do is to offer up a sacrifice unto God. Now, let's keep in mind, if I can just rewind the tape just a little bit, stay with me, family, because you need to understand that this wasn't some weekend experience. No, no, Noah stayed in the boat for almost a year, if not more. Now, if you were to stop and ask your question, could you hang out in a boat full of animals with very little ventilation for a year? Noah hung out in the boat. Noah had no other choice. And, and, and here it is. Here it is, family of God, that even, even when God gave Noah the command to leave the boat, you would have thought that Noah would have came out with some type of about time or it's been long enough. You know how we can do at times. You know, we feel some kind of way. You feel like, God, you could have let me out last week. Must I still be in this trial today? Must this struggle still be going? I've been praying about it. I've been talking to you about it. I've been looking for that. And Lord, here I am two years later, and I'm still dealing with the same thing. But no, no, Noah steps out the ark, and the first thing he do is offer up a sacrifice. Now, how many of us, when we come out of our stronghold or come out of bondage, do we take time to say, Lord, I want to just give you this offering so 
Noah comes out, he offers this sacrifice, if you will. Uh, 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 he offers this. Noah's first act after leaving the ark was to build an altar and offer animal sacrifices to God. Now God, on the other hand, responds to his humble act of worship with this phrase right here. We're told that God smelled something. God smells something. This smelling, this, this pleasing or this soothing aroma, as the text says, of this, uh, of this sacrifice and apparently greatly pleased makes a new commitment. This is the only time, family of God, that scripture shows God explicitly smelling the aroma from a sacrifice. Now, what it is that God smelled? Well, I'm glad you asked, and if you just give me a few minutes, we're going to get to that point. Uh, 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 but this is the only time that God shows, uh, 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 that Scripture shows that God smelled an aroma from a sacrifice. This is not meant to be read as if God is literally inhaling smoke. But rather, the reference to smoke and its scent is a common spiritual metaphor involving prayer. And how our sacrifice are, 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 are received by God. So God's commitment is to never again curse the ground or the earth as he has done through the flood. So now God said, I looked out and I see uh, 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 Noah's sacrifice. I, 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 I see, uh, I, I, I smell something. And, and, and what God does at this point, he says, now I will never again destroy the earth or the world and curse it as I've done in the past. Now, this right here is significant, family of God, because I need us, as we go through this, understand that God made a conscious decision, first of all, to destroy. And now God is making another conscious decision to spare. One moment he's destroying, the next minute he's sparing. So we understand that God seems to make this commitment while acknowledging that we as human, our nature has not been changed by the flood. We're still sinful from our birth. Now, if I can just put a pen right there and help us through this phase, because it's so easy for us to get caught up in our actions or the actions of others and, 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 and see it as this is a horrible this is, this is just not right. This is so unfair. But we understand, family of God, going forward, that we're dealing with people who have a sinful heart. Now, if I could just stay right there for a moment, because I know many of you are looking at me like, my pastor, my heart is not sinful. Well, then you must be calling God a liar. Because last time I read in my Bible, it says that all have sinned and fallen short. That there is none righteous, no, not one. I don't know, maybe I'm reading some wrong righteous folk. But the reality is, is that we have all have, have an issue going on. And God looked out and he saw, he saw Noah, he smelled something, and he decided to act on what he smelled. And his act was, I will never destroy the human race again, not in that manner. I'm going to say it again. Not in that manner. 
because it will be destroyed. So God smelled something. Now we can move because the question is, what did God smell? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now we can get to that point because, see, you kind of got ahead of me. Now I had to, I caught up with you. Uh, amen. Now we can move forward. The first thing I want us to understand that what God smelled, an altar of adoration. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The first thing Noah did when he left the ark was to build an altar to worship God. God, you are worthy even, even in the midst of all of the chaos, you're still worthy. Even in the midst of all the drama, you're still worthy. Even in the midst of the pain, you are still worthy. Even when mama don't love me, God, you love me. Even when daddy has abandoned me, you are still worthy and I worship you. So Noah offers this offering of adoration. Noah worshiped God in an act of faith because Noah was convinced that God and God alone could save him. Noah built this altar because he loved God and he desired to worship God. So if I was to ask you, family, God, you don't have to answer right now. Why are you here? Why, why, why are you here? Are you here uh, 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 just to be seen by the people? Are you here uh, uh, just because you don't want no one thinking that you've slid away from the church? Why, why did you make your way to this worship service today? Is it because you just want to be a part of people? You didn't want to stay home. You're there by yourself. Why are you here today? Are you here because you really love the Lord? That you really want to worship God? Are you here because of him and him alone Noah came out of the ark and the first thing he did he worshiped God so he built an altar of adoration not only that but he did something else Noah Noah thank you for setting the tone because God didn't only smell the altar of adoration but also he smelled an altar of confession the very act of Noah putting the clean animals on the altar indicates that Noah is believing in faith that God will continue to forgive his sins in this new world that he's in. Even though he was spared from the flood, Noah understood that he is still in need of forgiveness. I still need you, God. I still need you in my life. Although you deliver me from this, God, uh, please don't walk away from it and leave me by myself. Uh, I recognize, God, uh, that I am a sinner saved by grace, uh, and I'm going to need you again. I need you again, God. Thank you for saving me and keeping me from that. But, 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 but I need to know that you will keep me from that over there as well. So Noah builds an altar of confession. I'm confessing to you now, God, that I need you. It's not that you need me. It's not the other way around. Uh, uh, Lord, I know you can make it without me, but I can't make it without you. I can't function without you. My daddy used to say it like this, Minister Price. You can't think a thought without God. You wouldn't know how to tie your shoes without God. 
And oh, how we get to a space and to a place where we feel as if we can function and maneuver and do what we do apart from God. Let me help you out, family of God. You're not doing it by yourself. We serve such an amazing God, such a gracious God, where even in your foolishness, he sits back and say, I know you messed up, but I'm still here waiting on you to come back. Don't get the fact that God didn't take you out as a sign of approval. It's not a sign of approval because you went out here and done something stupid, done something against the command of God, and God still gave you breath. Don't get it twisted, family of God. That's not that God has given you in a stamp of, of approval for you to continue on down that hellish road. No, no, God is saying, I'm so loving, I'm so gracious, I'm so amazing that instead of me wiping you out, I choose to try to help you on in here. So Noah builds this altar of, altar of confession and God said, I'm, I'm, I, I smell something. I smell something. Noah, thank you so much because in that smelling, God also smelled on that altar, an altar of thanksgiving. Noah built this altar because of his thankfulness to God. Noah knew that he and his family were only alive by the grace of God. I look out the window and I see that the, my, my, my neighbors are struggling. I can hear them inside the boat. I can hear them banging on the side of the door. I can hear them screaming, Noah, Noah, open the door, Noah. And keep in mind what God, what doors God closed, no man can open. When God closed a door, that door is closed until God decides to open that door. Many a times we waste our time trying to open doors that God has closed. Many a times we spend a lot of energy and a lot of effort trying to do what God has told you don't do. <laughs> I'm just trying to help us along the way. Because God smelled this altar of thanksgiving. Noah knew that his whole family was saved because of God. Noah understood that if he had got only what he deserved. Let's be real in here. Noah, Noah was a sinner as well. You see, the Bible says that God found favor in Noah. So no matter what Noah did, it was God that saw the favor. It was God that saw something special. So when you look at, look at Noah, you can't get mad at Noah because Noah in the boat. No, no, God saw something in Noah. So when you look at your neighbors and you look at your friends and you look at your family and you wonder why is it that they're being blessed beyond measure, don't get mad at them. Don't hate the player. Hey, man, come on, somebody. Uh, you have to understand that it is God that moves and makes and shakes and baits. I'm just a product. I recognize my sinfulness. I know I'm not perfect. Oh, I wish I, I, I know that I made mistakes. I know I don't deserve it. Oh, yes. You don't have to tell my story. I tell my story all the time. I was lost in sin. It was because of God. I don't have to make it up. I don't need you telling me. I don't need you reminding me about my past. That's why the devil can't, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't touch me. No, 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 no. Go on and tell them about my drug addict. Go, go, go on my, my drug addict. Go, go ahead and tell them about all of that. I, I, you know, it's out there. 
Go, go on and tell them, Satan, that, 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 that I, I, I used to sleep around. Go ahead and tell them, I, I, you know, talk about all of that stuff. You ain't saying nothing that I hadn't already put out there. Tell them I used to, I used to sell. Go, go ahead and tell them. Ain't got nothing to hide, nothing. Because, see, that's what I used to do. But see, 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 he's not going to tell you about what you're doing now. The brother preaching the word of God. He's not going to put that stuff out there. He's not going to talk about the fact that you go out into the homeless and that you and, and that you help feed the homeless. He's not going to talk about that, how you visit folk in the hospitals and, and how you prayed for them. He's not going to talk about that stuff, but he'll talk about the fact what you used to do. So, yeah, yeah, you know, talk about it because I already talked about it. And you can't talk about it no better than I can. Because, see, when I talk about it, it's coming from a place of thankfulness. It's coming from a different space. It's not gossip. It's not venom. It has more power. Because it's coming from a place where if it wasn't but for the goodness of God. So Noah, 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 come on, Noah. Noah understood that if it was not for God, he would be out there scratching and screaming and pleading like everybody else. So Noah entered into this new world with an attitude of gratitude. Noah knew that all he had was God and he gave thanks for God's faithfulness to keep him in the midst of all that was going on. So not only that, God smelled a couple more things. I'm going to be ready to get out your way because we have to understand as we look at the life of Noah, and understand what God smelled. He smelled some other things. I'm going to get to that because another thing that God smelled, he smelled on this altar of supplication. You see, supplication simply means to bring your request to God. Supplication. We just did that today in the prayer. We made our supplication, made it known before God. We made it plain and clear. Noah built this altar because he knew he needed God's help and blessings in this new world that he's in. God's respond in reverse in, 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 in verses 21 and verse 22 that we just read uh, in, in response to Noah's request. Noah is now trusting that God is going to continue to provide for him uh, and his family. And in faith, he is asking God to do so. So, God, I'm asking you, I know I know you've already made up in your mind what you're going to do. But as your humble servant, as your faithful follower, I'm going to ask you, God, don't leave me by myself. Lord, I know you've already made it up in your mind that you're going to love me until the end of the time. But, but, but I'm going to ask you, God, please don't leave me. Please don't turn your back on me. I'm asking you, God, I know you've already decided what you're going to do. But I'm simply asking you, God, uh, please don't take your joy from me. Uh, renew the spirit within, oh God. Uh, please don't leave me by myself. That's my supplication. That's my prayer, God, uh, is that you hold me in the midst of it all. I know you've already decided, God, uh, what you're going to do. But Lord, I'm asking you 
Don't give up on me. You see, faith simply is this right here. Uh, what God, what, what, what Noah was asking of God, he was asking in faith. And faith is this right here. Faith produces a uh, 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 dependence in God. That's what faith is. Faith simply says, God, I trust you. So I say, well, 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 my faith is low. Well, then your trusting in God is low. So, so, so here it is. You want faith? Simply trust God. Believe that God, as we talked about the tithe and offering, and we're going to get to that in a little bit because I need us to shift our thinking. I need us to shift our gears because what God is looking for is greater than a sacrifice. You see, Noah is a man of faith uh, that we can look to and, 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 and even imitate, if you will. Uh, but when we see something like Noah living by faith, we shall all take notice. Because what Noah did was above and beyond what any man could ever think of or even imagine. To follow God. But you mean, you mean follow him without question? That's a question that we have to we have to ask ourselves. You mean I have to follow God without question, even though it doesn't feel good, even though it doesn't look good. You mean I got to follow him even when it doesn't make sense. Well, let me help you out in family of God, because see what makes sense to you doesn't always make sense to God. And what makes sense to God And God moves off of not what makes sense to you, but it's what makes sense to him. And so Noah is moving in a space where it seems as if this is crazy to build a boat, these instructions. God, do you know how high this boat is that you're giving me to build? But Noah didn't ask questions. Noah didn't have any reservation. Noah didn't. Noah moved by faith. Why? Because he trusts. And there you have it right there, family of God. You want more faith? Trust God. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. See, we serve a God that, is, that, that, has, that has come down from the heavens to the earth. Do we serve a God that walked with us? I mean, how plain can you get? How simple can you get? Where God has said, I'm not going to give you ten now. I'm going to give you two commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is like unto the first, that you will love your neighbor as yourself. And when you look at the ten commandments, they're all summed up in the so God is saying, since you can't deal with 10, let me break it down just a little bit so you can understand the two. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not rocket science. So you want more faith? Trust him. Trust him. Just trust him. Get out the way and trust him. But it doesn't make, it's not supposed to make sense to you. Because God is operating from a space that your brain can't handle. The only way it's going to make sense is when you follow him. And he'll reveal to you a little bit at a time, a little bit here and a little bit there. No one goes to the doctor, if you will. I guess this metaphor will work. No one goes to the doctor and get a prescription and go home. Lord, help me. I don't want to say this the wrong way because I know we live in folk is doing all kinds of stuff. But I need you to understand what I'm saying here, that no one goes home and take the prescription and take the whole prescription at once trying to get healed. 
You don't go take the whole. So God said, I got to give it to you in prescription. I got to give it to you just a little bit at a time. Because if I showed you everything, there are some things that you have to go through that you wouldn't go through. There are some things that you're going to have to experience that you don't want to experience. If I showed you everything from the end to the beginning, you wouldn't be able to handle it. You wouldn't be able to handle it. So I got to give it to you in increments. So Noah simply followed God. So here it is. God smells something. The last thing, I'm going to get out your way here. I said, I'm going to get out your way. What did God smell? What God smelled was more than a sacrifice. God smelled obedience. Let that marinate right quick. So what fragrance are you dispelling? What's your fragrance? Is it a sacrifice or is it obedience? Because my Bible tells me in 1 Samuel 15, 22, uh, that obedience is better than sacrifice. You see, you have to understand obedience is God's love language. And Jesus was the perfect example of how to love God and obey him completely. Jesus made it very clear that his focus was on obeying his father. He said, uh, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, uh, for I always do what pleases him. Uh, So when we look at Jesus on the cross, uh, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was obedience. I done messed with somebody's theology already. It was obedience. Everything Jesus did, he did because of his father. He did it in obedience to his father. Let me help you out because you're looking at me right now. (laughs) Said Pastor and went down. He, He had me, but he shifted. Obedience is important. Sacrifice is important, but obedience, Jesus, obedience is better then sacrifice the one who sent me in John 9, 28. This word always is amazing because Jesus always did what pleased his father. He did what pleased his father. He never once skirted the boundary or stepped across the line. He never sinned. This attitude of obedience was forged even as a young man. Jesus chose to be obedient. Hebrews 5 uh, 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 tells us, uh, uh, gives us a glimpse into Jesus' life. While Jesus uh, was here on earth, he offered prayers and he pleadings and, 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 and with a loud cry and, and tears uh, uh, to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence to God. And even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. So here it is, family of God. There are things that you go through, things that you are experiencing, the sufferings that you are encountering is so that God can help you to your level, to raise your level of obedience. Are you going to trust me in the midst of all of this? Not sacrifice. Oh, if I sacrifice more. 
See, see, here it is, family of God. Uh, if, if we simply obey God, we won't have to worry about the sacrifice. See, the sacrifice simply will open up the door for you to come back and have to sacrifice again and sacrifice again. But obedience, if you just simply obey, there is no need for me to sacrifice. Why am I sacrificing if I'm obedient? Why am I sacrificing if I simply be faithful and return unto God that belongs to him? If I simply just be obedient, I won't have to worry about saying I'm going to make a sacrifice. The clarion and call went out earlier regarding even the tithe, if I can use it as an example. If we would just be obedient and return to God a tenth, we wouldn't have to worry about a sacrifice. I wouldn't have to worry about sacrifice. Just be obedient to God. Let God deal with God's stuff. You're too busy trying to deal with God's stuff. The reason why you can't be faithful to God. Let's be faithful. Let's be obedient. So the passage is very clear. While Jesus certainly prayed uh, uh, with a loud cry and tears in the garden of Gethsemane, I'm convinced that wasn't the first time Jesus had suffered. I'm sure even as a young boy, Jesus suffered as he chose to obey his father instead of following the crowd. I'm sure he was tormented and ridiculed even by his own brothers. I mean, how would you like to have a perfect Jesus as your big brother? Every step, every day, Jesus chose to obey God. It was an act. It was a it, it was a choice that Jesus made to be obedient. So here it is. He chose to bend his life to his father's will, not the wind of the culture. He learned obedience through suffering. He learned in hard times to stand firm and trust the father. He know as a young man, most likely 12 or even 13 years of age, that Jesus was conformed by his bar mitzvah. In other words, Jesus, this is, Jesus understood that, 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 that as he went to the synagogue as he went as a child to the synagogue and as Mary laid him before the throne as Mary consecrated him before the father Jesus now moves in a space where now he's moving in obedience versus sacrifice Jesus this child grew up healthy strong wise and he understood that his life belonged to the Father. In obedience, Jesus moved. Jesus grew in obedience to his parents and obedience to his heavenly Father. Jesus grew in wisdom and in statue and favor with God and all the people, according to what Luke 2, 20, 52 says. Later, Jesus suffered and chose obedience when he was tempted, even in the garden. 
So here it is, as, Mo, as Noah built the ark, as Noah merges from the ark, as God sees Noah and sees Noah moving in a level of obedience, understanding that all that Noah experienced will set the tone for you and I. How are we moving? How are we moving? Jesus chose to stay to the end. He chose obedience. Jesus Christ was the sublime example of obedience to our Heavenly Father. And he said, I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Philippians 2.8 says it like this. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. For as by one man's disobedience and many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. But the obedience of Jesus was most clearly seen on the cross. As he struggled in the garden, he once again, as he had done his whole life, says yes to the Father. Even unto death. Even unto death. After learning to trust and obey, his father smells something. And I can imagine as Jesus, who is our example of obedience, Father looks down and he says, this now is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, God, the Father, smelled something. And what he smelled was obedience. Because, see, here it is. I'm, I'm finishing up. Here it is. Here it is. This gospel in miniature, the great love of God. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, this is the greatest love, that he gave his only son, this is the greatest gift, that so every whosoever believeth in him, this is the greatest offer, may not perish but have eternal life. This is the greatest promise. This is the story of God's love for you, and it is a serious offer of love. And I will ask, don't. Let it slip away. The gospel or good news is the story of a creator's love. It is a story that began with the expression and rejection of God's love. So God sent Jesus to represent divine love right here on earth. And Paul writes in Galatians, uh, uh, he says, but when the fullness of time had come, uh, God sent his son, uh, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law. And so that we might receive the adoption as children. Jesus did not come to condemn the world but to save the world. So the question again, what's your fragrance? What are you dispelling? Is it a sacrifice or is it obedience? Jesus used this parable. He says a man had two sons in the book of Mark. 
He went to the first and he said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. And the son, I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Jesus asked the question, which of the two did what the father wanted? You see, Jesus told this parable to remind us that God calls his people to a life of obedience. The first one said, I'm not going, but then he went. The other one said, I'm going, but didn't go. The difference between those two boys is not that one was bad or the other was good. Both of them sinned against the father. One was defiant while the other was disobedient. One said, I'm not going. But he went. Both of them was wrong because one said, I'm going and didn't go. Now, I don't know, you're looking at me as parents. I know, would you prefer your child to tell you I'm not going and then go? I think you still have a problem with I'm not going. Whether they went or not, the fact they said, I'm not going to do it. Jesus understood. The difference is that one son was sorry for what he had done and changed his behavior. And he became obedient and then he went to the field to do what the father had asked him. Jesus makes it very clear that who we are is revealed not in what we say, but what we do. Because we could say a whole lot of stuff. Saving faith is the bond of a living union with Jesus Christ. And that union changes not only what we believe, but also how we believe. In fact, Jesus says it this way. If you love me, you will obey what I say. You will keep my commandments. If you love me, it's easy to say, I love you, and don't do. It's easy to talk about how I love the Lord. Beautiful song, I think Whitney Houston, I love the Lord. I love that song. And many people can sing the song. But are we obedient? So if we have become comfortable with the something in your life that God calls sin, here is the challenge right here. If you are at peace with God, you will be at peace, at war, should I say, with your sin. So if you're at peace with God, then you will be at war with your sins. But here it is. But if you are at peace with your sin, you will be war with God. What is God smelling? When he look at you, when he come down your street, what fragrance is illuminating from your kitchen? What's coming from your kitchen? What does God smell as the musician plays? What does God smell when he look at you? God looks for obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm just going to ask a quick question here and you can respond as 
the Holy Spirit moves. Simple question. Do you want to be obedient? And if so, are you willing to make the change? And if you can't answer that question, if you still feel I want to be obedient, but I still want to stay the same, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. See, obedience is better than sacrifice. Noah's sacrifice, that offering that he made unto God, was to let God know, I'm here, God. I, I appreciate you. I, I love you. But look at Noah. It didn't stop there. His life represented what he sacrificed. It's not a sacrifice in a vacuum, but it is a sacrifice that will produce obedience that will lead to a change. And then and only then, then and only then, can you live a life free from the cares of this world. If you want God to do a great thing in your life, if you want God to make that change in your life, I just ask if you can meet me down at the altar. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 God is good. Is there anyone else? We're looking for a change. We want God to do something special. We don't want to stay the same in this space. We want God to change us from the inside out. That may be somebody else that know you need to be down here with us. I want to give you that opportunity. Don't worry about eyes watching. Because the Bible says that every eye is going to see him. That's who we're concerned about. That's who we want to see. Don't worry about the eyes down here. These eyes down here don't have, can't, can't, can't do nothing. It's the eyes of the Lord that I want. So if you know you need to come on down, I'm going to invite you to come on down. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? We about to pray. Father God, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. As we gather today, Father, I just ask that you will just search our hearts. Lord, I pray for my dear sister that she has come down. Oh, God, her hearts need to be, my heart needs to be changed. Our hearts needs to be changed. To be a true representation of the earth made new. But that's our desire to be with you when you come. So, loving Lord, do what you do. Cover us and keep us. All of those who have come down, Father, all of under the sound of my voice, I pray you will just have your way today. Let us not leave here the same way we came, but let us leave here with newfound love for the things of God. And we'll be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm going to talk to you afterwards. I'm going to talk to you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't.
We'll talk. We'll talk. Amen. I almost, I almost spilled the beans. Blessed this morning, Amen. this afternoon. Amen. Truly, God is good. Amen. We want to make sure that we are obedient to the call. Amen. Amen. Not just a sacrifice, but being obedient, yes. meaning that we will walk according to His will. I want to thank God for the blessing of our pastor. I want to thank Him for our visitors who came. I want to thank Him for all who have participated. And so, with the love of Christ in our hearts, let our minds be sustained and stayed upon Him. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our God. Father, please keep us, even when we cannot keep ourselves. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to the call. Help us, Lord, to surrender our full hearts over to thee and follow thee wherever you will lead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to get your crayons and your pencils, everything that's on.